You are listening to 51st Dates Houston. I'm Connie Leon, your host. We will be discussing relationships and dating and everything in between with people from all walks of life. So get ready. Okay, so welcome back everybody to 51st Dates Houston. Um, Today we have a very special guest. You guys are usually used to just local entrepreneurs, local, just regular local people. Um, But today I have um, somebody who's a little more certified in relationships and knows I feel a little bit more than the average person. And so we're going to interview him and get to know a little bit about him and then just kind of get into what your specialty is. So I'm going to introduce you as, um, I don't even know how to introduce you, Dr. Is it Mamie? No, it's uh, I'm a doctor. I don't have a PhD. I have a master's in counseling and it's Josue Maimi. Maimi. Okay. So if you would tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Sure. My name is Josue Maimi. I have a practice here in Houston that's called Men Are Stupid, Women Are Crazy. Stop fighting, start loving. I specialize in relationship counseling and relationship coaching. So I teach people how to improve their relationships. And I also teach people how to date. Um, I've been doing, well, I've been doing this about 10 or 15 years. I've been a counselor since I graduated from with my master's degree from U of H in 1993. Um, And it is, it's fun. I love what I do. Uh, I help lots of people who are single and who are married and who are in relationships improve their relationships and it's great. I'm a hopeless romantic, uh, essentially, I'm, a, I'm essentially a hopeless romantic. So I wanna help others improve their relationships. I love that. Okay, so were you born and raised here in Houston? I was not, I was actually born in New Jersey. My dad was in the Air Force. My earliest memories are from Panama or lived in a Panama Canal Zone. My parents are from Puerto Rico. They were born in old San Juan, Puerto Rico. And, uh, I've been in Houston since the ninth grade, so 1977, I think. Okay, okay. so um, a little bit more. Um, I usually like to ask how old you are. So how old are you? I am 57 years old. I'll be 58 soon. Awesome. And so as a counselor, are you, what is your marital status? Are you single, married? <laughs> <laughs> That's important. That is important. I am single. Okay. Uh, in a relationship but i am looking Um, that's a that's not a common question actually most people don't ask that question some of them do uh and some of them are leery of of being with a counselor who is not married uh but once they start the counseling and they see my style and they see what where we're headed they they kind of um get comfortable with it that's, um, well, so, I mean, it's usually not something I ask, right, but as part of this show, because we're kind of following, trying to follow the format, even though you are a relationship expert and a therapist, a counselor, um, I kind of wanted to follow that same. And then you also said you're a hopeless romantic. So I'm huge on zodiac signs, right? Like I'm that crazy crystal girl who loves like, so what is your zodiac sign? All right, I am not, I know, I'm not huge into zodiac signs, but I am a Leo. 
Oh, okay. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, I have to ask, you said that. And I was like, it's, it's not something usually that I feel like men kind of admit to, you know, to being hopeless romantic. So I'm like, that's interesting. Um, as a cancer, I'm a cancer. I am like a hopeless romantic to the end. Very, I'm very true to my sign somehow. Um, birthday coming up. Yes. My birthday is June 29th, actually. Oh, so a week, week and a half from now. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, okay. So you um, kind of traveled, you're not originally from Houston, um, but you've been in Houston for a long time. You said since about ninth grade. Since ninth grade. Um, and then, so you're with your practice. I feel like, of course, you've seen a lot of different relationships and all these yeah. different. So what are kind of the most, um, I guess not unique, but what are the most uh the things that have maybe helped you kind of create your practice and kind of build your, um, because your website and your practice is called men are stupid and women are crazy. So what has kind of helped build that? Um, I don't know what to call it. Like they're not facts. It's just what was kind of helped build that perception for you. Oh, that's interesting. I have to tell you the story of how I got the name. Right. Uh, a friend of mine and I were talking many, many years ago. She was talking about how, angry and frustrated she was at her boyfriend. And she said something like this, why are men so stupid? And I said, and I'm sure lots of women have said that. And I said, uh, you know, I know we're stupid. We shouldn't be stupid. I'm sorry, but you know, you know, you women are also crazy. And she laughed and said, yeah, that's true. And I said, you know, I should go into relationship counseling and use that as my name. Men are stupid, women are crazy. And about, Five to 10 years later, I did. That, so, so, okay. So that's crazy because, so how does that come off with like men, right? Because you're calling them stupid. And then for women, I feel like for me, I'd be a little hurt, right? Like you're calling me crazy, but then I'm like, you know what? Maybe I am just a little crazy. <laughs> so I'll admit to it. But how does that come off with your patients, you know, with the people that you um, sit down with? The vast majority of my clients laugh. Yeah. Right? And they say something what you just said, which is, you know, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> um, and the reason I say that men are stupid and women are crazy is because men think too much with their penis and women think too much with their hearts. Right. Hearts have, don't have any logic to it. They're kind of all over the place. Uh, and so it is, it works. It's funny. It does. It's serious, but it's not too serious. Uh, I attract clients who like to laugh. I laugh a lot in my, in my sessions. I crack jokes. Uh, it's a serious topic about relationships, but it's, uh, so I try to deal with it in a, in a fun way, even though we're dealing with sometimes really complicated stuff. Yeah, really serious, you know, things that, I mean, for myself, I always kind of go back to um, my divorce, right? Like I'm divorced and it's definitely not anything that I wish on anyone, right? Like the situation and throughout that time frame was really hard where now because of, you know, my podcast and all the different people that I've met, um, not that I make fun of it or anything, but I just, it makes it a little bit lighter and easier to kind of, you know, um, handle and relate to everybody else. Um, so yeah, so I can definitely see how, you know, kind of making things lighter can be easier sometimes and, and make things kind of, you know, go by for everybody um, easier than, you know, it being so heavy all the time. Um, so 
some of the regular questions that I like ask here are about, um, you know, just everybody's dating experiences, right? Something that I feel is really common, and I actually got an, a message this morning from a friend is online dating, right? So what is your take on online dating and like apps? Is it because it's so common? Like, is it something that you feel is good or bad or you know like the old school kind of way of dating which is like going to a bar and randomly meeting people like what has been your experience and the like you know the pros and cons of each one I guess that you've kind of right. seen so I'm a fan of uh, any kind of dating both meeting people organically and meeting people online I think uh, the online datings are tools that if used in excuse me intelligently can facilitate finding uh, more potential uh, dating partners because you you know swipe left swipe right you know you you can brew you can browse through lots of different uh, people getting to know them seeing what how they present themselves mm -hmm. uh, so I think in that in one sense it's a it's a positive thing in another sense I think people are a little bit more picky when they're online dating. So a little more choosy. And so they're more discriminating and they kind of weed people out who perhaps if they met organically and they met in person and got to know the energy, the chemistry in person, they might, uh, they might want to, they would, how can I say this? They would uh, agree to go out with them again, just because mm -hmm. of the, the connection, the chemistry. So, and you, Sometimes I think you can feel the chemistry even through photos, uh, but sometimes you can't feel the chemistry until you're in person and actually meet the person and whatnot. So it just depends. Um, I think uh, there's a process that you really have to learn in order to do online dating well, just like there's a process you have to learn in order to date organically well. And unfortunately, there's no place that teaches you how to date. Essentially, people learn how to date through trial and error, through observation, and that's kind of a crappy way to learn to date, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. What I do is I teach people kind of a program, a format, so that they can uh, have an, an action plan, something that they, uh, 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 goals, I, uh, what questions to ask. Uh, let me back up a little bit. I think we all need to be uh, a good person and what I call an adult mentality person uh, in order to be date well, and we have to find other adult mentality people. So I think there are, uh, uh, there's pros and cons. Those are just some of the pros. I mean, some of the, one of the pros of organic dating is essentially you get to meet, you get to talk, you get to feel the, the chemistry, the, the, the process within them. You get to see them, uh, their nuances there uh, in, in that moment. You get to see them sometimes around their friends or in a situation where you will kind of get more information from that. So I'm a fan of both. And I think you need to do both in order to date successfully. So you said a couple of things um, that to me, I feel are very important. Like I definitely the chemistry thing, I feel like sometimes you can kind of tell, you know, even through online dating, when you see people in pictures and you kind of see their profiles, it's something that I feel that I've very, been pretty good at, you know, picking out that kind of online connection and, and figuring out chemistry before I meet someone in person. Um, so I think that I like that you said that because I, I do feel like that's very important. And like, it's something that I've been able to do um, 
very effectively, I feel like I, I can automatically tell like, oh, this guy's not, you know, it's not really what I want. Um, but something else that I kind of thought about when you were talking was um, the fact that, do you feel it's a little bit easier for us to kind of really hide who we are, you know, because you're essentially setting up this profile where it's like social media, everything on social media, right? Like it's perfectly curated to exactly what you want people to see and how you want them to perceive you versus like when you really meet people in person, like are they really gonna be who they say they are online? Yeah, that's certainly a problem because many people, well, let me put it this way. In all relationships, what all people do is essentially they hide the ugly stuff, present the pretty stuff. They put each other on a pedestal Right. Uh, to win them over. And they do that because we all know that we have some ugly stuff about ourselves and we want to hook the other person into liking us. So that's why we do this. So in online dating, you do have to be a little bit more rigorous in order to vet the person, mm -hmm. uh, learn more about them, see if they are who they say they are. I think I've gotten lots of complaints from women who basically say, uh, well, not just from women, but from men and women who basically say people don't look like they, their pictures. So obviously mm -hmm. having current pictures is really, really important. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and too often uh, people, as I said, present the really good stuff about themselves and, and hide the ugly stuff. So what I do is I teach people early in the process, even as they're communicating online, and to learn to ask questions that will try to get some of the ugly stuff out to see if there's anything that uh, they can uncover through that process. Also, I teach people when they date to, uh, if they can get a name, a birth date, with a name and a birth date, you can find out a lot of information about people online. Property right. records, you know, who's, where do they, where do they really live? You can even do a background check, right? Uh, I remember a story of a woman who uh, was in her 50s and she said she met this guy online. They had a good repartee online. I think they had a phone call or two. She, she got a name and a birth date. She found out that he had three bankruptcies and then she said, oh, no, no way. I don't want to be a nurse or a purse. So she ended <laughs> that pretty quickly, thinking that he was, not, he was not demonstrating enough financial responsibility. Wow. And, you know, that's not something that I do often. Like, I don't really look people up. Like, I will look them up to a certain extent, but I don't think I've ever really, like, had to look up, you know, like that, you know, their property records or backgrounds. Like, I mean, I know people that have looked up, like, whether or not people are married, which is very valid, right? Um, and so, yeah, but I've never, personally, I've never had to do that. And I guess not that I've never had to, I've just never really felt the need to. I guess I've never really gotten to that place where I'm like, okay, let me look this person up to that extent, right? Um, but that's really, that's, it's kind of scary sometimes because you just don't know. Most people um, don't know that. I think she, I think she heard some things in the conversation that made her question. She enjoyed the conversation, but something that he may have said kind of triggered her and she went to that extra level. Um, I think that people, if, if you, if you question people well in the early part of the, of the process, you can really kind of vet them out. Mm -hmm. uh, or weed them out pretty quickly, right? Depending right. on the situation. Some people you need to meet in person, mm -hmm. right? Because they, they, they're great on paper and that's awesome, but sometimes the chemistry is just off. Right, yeah. 
that's usually one of my questions. So like when you meet someone online and so I've gone through a lot of therapy, right. For like all kinds of stuff. But in the last three years, of course, for dating. Um, and one of the things was one of my therapists said, um, was you need to maybe not date your type, right? Like the person that you feel is really your type is maybe, you know, maybe you should go against that a little bit. So in my eyes or the way I kind of saw it was like, okay, someone who's not totally my type, let me try this. But is there still going to be like chemistry or a connection there, even though that person isn't really your type? You know, I feel like there should be a certain level of like physical attraction and then like emotional, mental attraction for that person to be your type. So that's always something that I like, I guess, question is like, if that person's not my type, like, how are we going to connect or, you know, is that something that you kind of discuss with your patients or with your clients? I do, actually. Um, let me give you some background. I think that um, uh, essentially chemistry is a personality where people's personalities kind of interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Physics teaches us that everything's energy. So every personality has its own energy. And I really believe that chemistry is feeling someone's energy even when they walk into the room. That doesn't mean they're gonna be a great partner for you because they can have the, the personality that you're interested in, that you have that chemistry with, but they can be totally immature and you don't need to be with that person. So another part of this is chemistry can also be something that you're used to. So for example, if you grew up in a household with a certain behavior pattern or personality and whatnot, you can be, have chemistry with people with similar behavior patterns. And that's something that can be helpful or, or harmful, to be honest with you. Think about it proverbially in the uh, uh, a person who was raised uh, with, alcoholic, with an alcoholic parent who then uh, is attracted to people who are immature and who maybe abuse some sort of substance and whatnot. That's not good chemistry. So there's a sense in which you have to understand what you're attracted to and real and discover and decide through therapy or observation or whatever avenue you can to figure out if that's uh, healthy for you, if that's a healthy relationship for you. Now, most people don't know how to create a healthy relationship. So they, and most people rely on chemistry. Chemistry is important and necessary, but what you have to do is you have to feel the chemistry and then slow things down so that you can really get to know the person and see you know, what's hidden, what they have hidden so that you can decide if that's a good enough relationship process for you. Um, so I think it's, the answer to the question is yes or no. Yes, you need to be able to maturely understand your type and to go for your type. If you have a mature understanding, if you've gone through some of the uh, personal growth stuff that you need to go through in order to get rid of some of the baggage that we all carry, mm -hmm. uh, then that can be a, a healthy process of discovering your type in that regard. If you haven't done that, your type may be something that you shouldn't be attracted to, but you are because it's it's something unhealthy that you become accustomed to through your past experiences. Right. That makes and sense. Something, yeah. No, definitely it does. It makes sense because when you're talk like when you were talking right now, it kind of brings to mind you know breaking those like generational cycles and generational curses kind of thing. It's like yeah, you know you're stuck in these patterns because it's how you grew up. It's 
you know, the relationships that you saw in your own family. I mean, a lot of what I have experienced in the last few years, I've always take it back to like, what did I grow up with? You know, my parents and how, you know, they kind of handled their relationship. And so definitely it makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, so when you work with your clients, um, do you work with them? Like how early on do you recommend, you know, therapy or relationship counseling or, you know, the kind of teachings that you're doing, because I'm hearing a lot of like, you're teaching people how to date. So should it be like an early onset kind of thing? I mean, like a second date kind of thing, or like a year down the road, like how, how soon do you recommend this type of uh, counseling and talking and teaching? All right. Good question. So I believe that people should receive help in dating when they start dating. One of my goals, to be quite honest with you, is to get into high schools and teach high school kids how to date. I also want to get into colleges to teach college kids how to date because we're not taught how to date. And I, I really believe that if we can get into, uh, into those arenas and teach them effectively, we can avoid a lot of heartbreak for them. Uh, and improve upon, really improve upon our society, to be quite honest with right. you. So um, in that regard, if anyone is dating, I would encourage them to find a dating coach and to help them guide, through, guide them through that process. Uh, with respect to relationships, well, along with that, once, if, if, if someone starts dating, uh, let's say you start dating, you get some help. If, if you come to me, you get some help. And I'll teach you how to figure out where to meet people, how to meet people, how to, how to vet them appropriately to see if they're a good candidate for you. And I'll teach you how to essentially step-by-step uh, step work through the relationship to, to create a really good viable relationship. Earl, once you decide that you want to create an exclusive relationship, I encourage them to come into my office as a couple together in order to teach them how to create a viable long-term relationship. The sooner they come in, the better, because it's so much easier to teach people how to manage conflict when they're in love, when they're right. managing things well. It's right. really harder to teach people how to manage conflict and how to deal with pain and aggravation when there's lots of recriminations, there's lots of anger, there's lots of hurt because of managing conflict poorly. Um, and so, uh, which leads into the next question, which is, or the next answer to question, which is that uh, I encourage couples when they're dating to go in early. If they've decided they want to explore a long-term relationship with this person to see if, if they can get to, um, to be married together, they should go into counseling sooner rather than later to learn the skill sets that they need to learn. And that way they will be able to uh, really create a viable long-term relationship and keep the in love experience. Um, people come together based on friendship and shared meaning. They stay together because they maintain the friendship, they maintain the shared meaning, and they manage conflict in a mature way. But no one knows how to manage conflict, or very right. few people know how to manage conflict. Right. So that's- well, Like you said, after a while, they're carrying all this baggage, even as a couple that kind of, you know, affects you in the long run, which, you don't know that. I mean, when you, when you first start dating or when you first, you're like you said, you're in love and all the good is out. So you're not really thinking about anything bad coming along the way. So that's right. That makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so 
I love that you talked about um, like starting in high school, you know, and kind of teaching our kids. I have two young kids. And so that's something that I feel would be really important. You know, I didn't really learn how to date um, with my ex-husband. I was with him when I was 18 and I really didn't date anybody else, you know? So now as an adult, as an almost 40 year old woman, I'm having to learn all these things. And so I definitely feel that that's really important to kind of start young and, and understand that it's a process, you know, that it's something that takes time. And, you know, we see all these like movies and fairy tales of like, you know, everything happily ever after. And it's like, no, it doesn't really work that way. There's it's two individuals and they're trying to figure stuff out here. Um, one other question that I always ask is, um, I have a friend who always tells me, um, Connie, she's always like, you need to let them lead, right? I'm the kind of person that I'm very non-traditional, I feel. And so because of like online dating and the way um, some of the apps work where you have to reach out to the guy, I'm very comfortable with like reaching out and asking a guy out. And, and sometimes people are like, well, maybe you shouldn't be so aggressive. You know, maybe you should like wait for him to ask you out. So what is your take on like the traditional chase, you know, um, the traditional chase versus like nowadays, if women are comfortable with asking guys out, do you feel that that's okay? So that's a really good question and really leads to a pretty uh, interesting, pretty deep process to be quite honest with you. Um, because what we're talking about is power. How do, sh how do people share power in a relationship? The traditional dating model is that the man asks the woman out for a date, the man pays for X amount of dates, uh, and the man, and too often, is expecting some sort of sexual interaction after X amount of time because the man has gone through this X amount of effort in order to woo the woman into going out with him and, and, uh, and whatnot. And so romance the woman is a better way of saying that. Um, and I believe that we need to create relationships in which there's shared power. So I'm totally okay with a woman asserting herself or asserting her power on a date. I'm totally okay and encourage women to ask a man out on a date because in order for men to change and share power with women, women have to lead that process. Men won't change until women force them to change because people in power don't give up power willingly. It usually takes a fight or a revolution. Now, having said that, however, I'm also okay with the current status, which is the, typically the man asks a woman on a date, but the woman is usually fishing for the man to ask him out and ask her out on the date because she's flirting with him and sending out those vibes and this and that. And that's all a nice little dance. And so you can do that. And if you're both conscious about that, that's totally okay. At the same time, I encourage women to, if they want to assert themselves and say, hey, let's go out on a date. I'm totally okay with that. It tells the man that she's got power, that she's independent, that she's uh, um, able to take care of herself. And it's also a test for the woman to see if the man is willing to share power. Now, also, I also teach women that after any time between the second and the fifth date, a woman needs to say, hey, I'm paying for this date. It's a test to see if the man's okay, if the woman having, having her own money, paying for the date. It's also a way for the woman to say to the man, 
hey, I'm in charge here too. And we're not going to follow the program of you pay for a bunch of dates and then, then we have sex. Right? So, I'm, so I teach women to interrupt that process right? to see if the man is okay with a woman having her own money, having her own power, being assertive. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And what I want to do is I want to teach people how to be, uh, how to be partners, how to be co-equal partners in a relationship to create a viable relationship. Because a relationship in which one partner has more power than the other partner is a relationship that's going to be problematic in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And so at what point, <laughs> like asking for a friend, at what point does that become too aggressive, right? Like I'm, I'm very much open to like, I will ask guys out. And I think sometimes it kind of stumps them the where they're like, did you just ask me out for drinks? Like what the hell, right? And so sometimes I feel like they're taken back to where it's like, oh, okay. But then sometimes I feel like they felt like I was being too aggressive, right? Like it was too soon or I shouldn't have asked them. So is there, is there a way to tell on that side, whether I'm being too aggressive or not? <laughs> All right, so that's a good question. I think in order to ask a man on a date, you have to be clear and you have to be purposeful. What I tell people is this, hey, I'd like to go out on a date with you. What do you think? So you can ask that question or, hey, let's go out on a date. Right. And in your situation, you might want to say, hey, let's go out on a date. Why don't you ask me and you can pay? Okay. <laughs> That's so that way, that way you're, you're kind of merging both of them. Right. And it's, it's it, I think women, I think, I think it is possible, not just women. I think it's possible for anyone to be overly aggressive, not just women. Right. Uh, and I, and overly aggressiveness is not good for any gender. Right, right. At the same time, I want people to be assertive. So if you yeah. as a woman want to ask a man out of date, ask a man out of date. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. Be diplomatic, be uh, firm, be clear, mm -hmm. be assertive, be, be aware that some men may have a little bit of awkward experience with that because they're not used to that. Right. It's just part of the change process. That's part of the process of women showing men that they have power. Right. It's that interruption that you're talking about, right? Like interrupting that process and, and that brain process because you're not used to it, right? Um, one of the things that's like a very heated discussion on my podcast all the time is should the man always or should, you know, the, the male counterpart or partner be the one to pay on the first date? Who pays on the first date? How do you feel about that? That's a good question. So um, typically the way the program works is the man pays on the first date. If, if, there's, an, if there's an agreement to go on a second date, uh, the woman can say, hey, um, I'd like to go on a second date with you. Okay? So let me pay, I'll pay the next date. And that way you're testing the guy. But I think it's okay for the guy to pay on the first date simply because that's just the program. And there's nothing wrong right. with the program per se, as long as we right. both understand what the program is and we can both, we both change the program as fits our relationship. Right. Yeah. I'm totally okay with a woman saying, hey, I asked you out on the date first, so I'm going to pay. I'm taking on that responsibility. It'll right. throw the guy off a little bit, but that's okay. That's still another test to see right. if it was okay with a woman having her own power. Yeah. So 
I think the answer to the question is, it depends on the relationship, depends on whether the woman wants to go out on the date, uh, on another date. It depends right. on how they share power. I've seen situations uh, where uh, you can go Dutch, you can, one, the man pays or the woman pays, uh, and it still work. It's right. rare the woman pays on the first date, but I have seen it happen. I've seen right. it more the man pays, or they sometimes go Dutch, uh, at the same time, as I said before, I still think the woman should assert to pay on anywhere between the second to the fifth date as a way of initiating that power process. Right. Um, I always kind of go back to like my thought process of like, if I feel like it's not really going to go anywhere, you know, I'm always like, oh, you know, I don't ever mind, like, let's split it or, you know, or I'll pay and, you know, just kind of move past it. And then also I feel like um, a lot of times the feeling was let me pay because then there's no expectations of like, I owe him something, right? That's so I feel like that's been a big discussion that I've had here is like, I feel like for women, it's that thing of like, let me pay that way. He doesn't expect anything in return kind of thing. I think that's right. I think that's healthy and appropriate. I think the woman should be clear and say, I'd like to go on another date with you. Sometimes right. that's not clear on the first date. Sometimes you have to ponder it a little later or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But most people, I think, know whether they want to have a second date after that first date. And I think yeah. it's okay to say something to that effect as a way of, being one, being clear, and two, ensuring that any hurt feelings are, are happening as soon as possible. That way you can kind of move, move on and there's right. no confusion later. So I, I, women, I think, tend to be better at that than men of saying, let's not, you know, this is really nice, but I think we should just, you know, uh, I, I'm not either I'm not interested on, 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 a, on a second date, or I think we should just be friends, uh, or, or something akin to that. Right. So then another question that's really big on my podcast is, is a coffee date a date? Do we consider consider a coffee date a date yes like you guys go out for coffee versus like a full dinner a coffee date is a date now it's a light date because you're still exploring <laughs> the possibility of of going out mm -hmm. yeah a coffee date is a date now it's okay. less pressure it's less it's less expensive uh -huh. it's still a date right awesome i came from an expert <laughs> so now we have an answer from an expert a coffee date, a date is a date my dog um it's definitely something that for a long time people like always it's something that women of course some women are fully against I actually talk about it because um this podcast came from a coffee date I met up a guy on a coffee date and we started talking about doing a podcast together and then he ghosted me and so I started the podcast <laughs> and it's how my podcast came to be so I always say it a coffee date is a date to me because it came for me with a purpose. So, um, so definitely, um, this was such a good conversation. I feel like we could go on and on. Um, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? Um, I know that we talked about your website, but are you on any social media platforms? You know, I'm not, I don't do, I'm old. So social media is, <laughs> is hard for me. I do have a website, which is men are stupid, women are crazy.com. Uh, they can get my information from there. You can email me from there. They can get my phone number from there. That shouldn't be a problem. 
Um, I would like to get on social media. I need, I know I need to, and I should do that. And, and maybe I need to hire someone to do that. Probably do, because I don't have the time to do it. But it is, um, that's how they can reach me. Yeah, um, definitely your website. And I will definitely tag it um, or post it whenever I post uh, the podcast episode and when I post the information about the podcast and about you. Um, but this was really good. I really loved this conversation. Good. I feel like it was very informative. Um, usually the people that come on, like it's all these crazy dating stories. So this is like really good because we actually got some real uh, answers from an expert. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on and for accepting to uh, be a part of this. Sure, it's my pleasure. Let me know. I'd love to do this again if you want. Just let me know. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to do like a round table or something. That would be fun. That'd be fun. I'd do yeah. it. Okay. Thank Bye. you guys. And thank you for listening.